Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to who was the car guys on PBS? I loved Click the car and Clack guys. or Click what? And clack. The Tapper Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> they are so entertaining. They were really fun. I didn't knew nothing about. I mean, love cars, but I'm so mechanically uh, bad. I was gonna say something else. I knew what else. you were gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm mechanically bad, but I would listen to their shows all the time. So this is what I hope and aspire our show can be at some point. There's been a lot of different inspiration kind of points. Uh, and that's one of them in that you don't have to know anything about the thing, but you want to kind of be a part of that little subculture, like whoever it is in that tiny subculture, which I think is also what makes certain television shows. Great. Sure. Like the Sopranos. Yeah. I know nothing about the mafia. I don't really want to be involved in the mafia, but I want to learn about it. I want to see the inner workings of it. And so how click and clack were good with cars, I suppose you and I are basically registered therapists. And so we- <laughs> For we, MFT, mar- <laughs> marriage and family therapists specifically. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, MFTs. Uh, and so, yeah, we can share our expertise, but in a way that's inviting for people who don't even need advice, right? For exactly. people who are totally mentally healthy. Celibate. Yeah. Never looking <laughs> asexual, <laughs> but they want to know about love and how it works. Exactly. Here we are. Yep. Yep. Or you. You nailed it. Yeah. You went, you nailed the exact metaphor I was going for. Boom. Welcome back in person. So great to be back in person and happy day that you are married. That's right. You are officially married. This is the first time we've officially seen, we've recorded since you've been married. I guess yeah. we've recorded three times theoretically since you've been married. Right. Or, in theory. Yeah, yeah. In theory. But yeah. Congratulations, David Lee Scales. Thank you very yeah. kindly. Thrilled. Wonderful. Yep. Feels like uh, finally entering a phase in life that I can fully relax and yep. kind of enjoy. Yep. You already got one divorce under the belt, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. Got the starter marriage out of the way. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Real big learning curve there though. I mean, they are super helpful. We joke about it. They're su- they're necess- necessary. I mean, I don't know how it's great. Those who get married and stay married for 80 years, tip of the cap. But yeah, yeah like you learn a lot through that first one. Yeah. I- Again, yes, tip of the cap. I admire, I respect, but I feel like maybe for the first, after the first decade, maybe even into the second decade, third decade of that first marriage for those people, they're wondering what it would have been like. What it might have been. Or at some point they think of an out and they fantasize about it even. They don't take the exit, you know, and then they always wonder. Should I? 
Right. And yeah. so uh, the reality is the grass probably isn't greener and they made the right decision to stay. But for those of us who have that uh, starter marriage under our belts, we got to go out and figure out that what that grass actually looked like or the, was it greener or wasn't it? The grass is actually greener. Well, it depends. It depends <laughs> on the marriage. But what I can say is then going into the second one, there's none of that confusion. Yeah, no, no. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you don't make it to 80 because we're not going to 80 years of marriage in the second one, but maybe you make it to 50. Which is good. Which is good. A solid, a solid go. Solid go. Do you think that, uh, I'm, I'm curious, I would like to think that there's all sorts of, um, like heights to be achieved and uh, secondary tertiary kind of nuance and development in a relationship of that age. Yes. Right. I mean, for sure. Okay. Because I feel like already, I mean, I don't know, to be honest, who knows? Time feels like it's going so fast that it feels like yesterday, you know, or that 12 years ago was yesterday. So I yes. can't see how growth happens when 12 years feels like a day. But what I mean is sometimes you see old couples who are just so annoyed by one another. Yeah. You know, and true. you're, and it's like, I don't know, is it worth it at that point? Like, what are you really hanging on to? But sometimes that annoyance uh, is great comedy. Like sometimes it'll have that comedic edge to it where she's annoyed with him. He's being annoying, but there's like a real wink and a nod back and forth of this Hopefully. is entertaining to both of us. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> no. I guess cause the, uh, what I can say is like having a kid with somebody makes you develop a deeper love than you could have, than you could have ever achieved without having the kid. That's you why know? Jonah Hill broke up with a servant instructor girlfriend. Oh really? They didn't have a kid together. Oh Oh, I mean, is that official that they broke up? That's official. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's playing John Daly apparently. Yeah, he is, man. So good. Stacking the biopics like nobody's business I going know. straight from Jerry Garcia to John Daly. That's how you win an Oscar. I mean, I guess so. It's called range. You also win an Oscar by going full actor. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> is it in, uh, in Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Did he? Did you not win an act? Or wait, I'm sorry, you didn't win an Oscar by going full. I don't remember. It's been. What is the last so time you saw long. Tropic Thunder? I don't know. I don't it, know how Tropic Thunder. Been, is. It's been a long time. It's amazing that Tropic Thunder has not. I mean, I know it was all comedy and whatnot. I think we've talked about it even on the show. But how that thing has not been canceled, book burned. I mean, totally. where people f- digging up Tropic Thunder DVDs and making big piles and burning them completely. Um, how good is Danny McBride? Yeah. I love Danny McBride. <laughs> I watched uh pineapple express recently yeah. again for the first time in a not pineapple express. Um, the end. Yeah. Which they reference a lot of pineapple express in it, but the end and it, Danny McBride was just so good in that playing the a-hole. I really, uh, yeah, he needs to do something else. Like I feel there's a Danny McBride shaped hole in my heart mm-hmm. after, uh, Austin powers. Austin Powers, sorry. Well, uh, there was... Um, what's his name? Oh, God. The baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that. Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down. Uh, they did the Righteous Gemstones. Which I didn't really I like. Know, I know. Uh, like, it seemed try-hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I need more Danny McBride. Though. I do, too. I'm a huge fan. Uh, well, hey, uh, this is The Grit for October 27th, 2022. Almost Halloween. I know. I was thinking about doing a Halloween themed show and then Mm. I realized I don't really care that much about Halloween. Mm. Halloween in my home is the really with the daughter really battles for Christmas as number one. Really? Yeah. Which is strange. Hmm. You would think that 
Christmas would be the clear winner. Yeah. And Halloween would come far down. But yeah, maybe no. maybe receiving gifts isn't one of her love languages. It's maybe not. Maybe yeah. eating candy is. Yeah. Getting sugar high. Um, what is she dressing up as? She's bummed. Uh, she's taken one for the team. Usually for her whole life, she's been, it's funny, I watched this with other daughter Ava too, of they have epic costumes, right? They're creative, they're interesting, they're unique, and then they make friends and the friends all decide to dress up as something lame together. Mm. So this year, uh, she's been like, I think her first, what was her first costume? I can't remember. She was a scary purple kitty once. She was a... Uh, zombie. She's all, every year it's been a zombie something. Zombie, zombie, zombie. So we've had eight years of zombies. And then this year she's a Powerpuff girl. Wow. Is that um, still, a th- I didn't know that was still popular. I mean, I think, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with her, with her two buddies though. Got so it. they're Powerpuff girls together, but she's bummed. She knows she's taking one for the team. She's toying still with making it a zombie Powerpuff girl, but that would go against the friend flow. So does she expect you to dress up ever? No, thankfully. Okay, yeah, I think yeah. if I did dress up, she would be, she really wants the house decorated. I'm not good. Like I purpose to go to Spirit Halloween after Halloween every year and get the closeouts. And so make her dreams come true the next year, right. finally decorate the house. Right. And she wants that so bad. And it would be such a simple thing to do. And for some reason, I just can't muster the will to decorate the house for Halloween. Mm. For me, it just sneaks up on me. Like I didn't realize it's Halloween till the week of, yeah. and it's too late to decorate at that point. I mean, when you have a kid, though, I mean, when young Austin is five or six, he will remind you that Halloween is coming. I guess, yeah. like weeks and weeks in advance, there will be no sneaking up. You'll telegraph it coming. Well, and then you're either going to willfully decide to not decorate your house or give in to your little boy's dreams, burn his hopes and dreams, and yeah. not decorate. Right now, it's adequate just to have a pumpkin. I don't even have a pumpkin. <laughs> you can get one on your way home today. Yeah, I'm going to. Just go to Trader Joe's or something. I'll just do pumpkin carving. Yeah. Um, but the pumpkin to him looks like a ball. Yeah. And that's all he cares about. Is the ball. Yeah. The he ball on the porch. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. And smack it. Perfect. Well, um, we're at Album Surfboards, so we need to acknowledge their presence in our life. It is such coming in here and being surrounded by both metaphorical and actual art. I mean, I guess it's just all actual art. The surfboards are art. The art is art. Mm-hmm. Everything is art at Album Surfboards. Feels good. Yep. I aspire for my life to be art. Yeah. You know, I want to live artfully. You could just be Matt Parker, man. I know. There's a there's a example of somebody whose path you can follow. Exactly. His work and his life is all one big art project. Yep, it is. Um, so thanks to Album. And then uh, let's start off our surf talk with Art Brewer. Are you familiar with what's going on in, with Art Brewer? No, right tell me. Art Brewer has recently been experiencing life-threatening medical issues that have become a substantial financial burden and stress on his family. So this is from their GoFundMe. Mm. Um, check this out. Their first, ho- basically, he's been hospitalized since July 2022 unfortunate, uh, or he was fortunate to receive a liver transplant at USC in September. So he's been hospitalized, finally got the transplant, but they received their first medical bill for his hospital stay. How much was it? Quarter of a million bucks. 250000 bucks. $1,000. And that's with insurance. So insurance has taken the biggest hit. But they still, so throughout his treatment, he's undergone 10 surgeries. He remains in the ICU. 
Uh, with every step forward in his healing, there have been infections and setbacks, but Art is a fighter. He continues to amaze the hospital staff, friends, and family with his resiliency, and his wife, Kathy, travels to Los Angeles every single day from Dana Point to be with him. Are they uh, selling something on the GoFundMe? No. it. Uh, and, and interestingly, it's only set up with the goal of $150,000, mm. so not even the price of one medical bill. But I'm sure that there will be different phases of this, but this is the starter. It just kind of launched. That's a real so, that's a real sucker right there, though. Totally is. Um, for those of listeners who are not familiar, which, by the way, I realized you and I entered surfing and we had the magazines feeding us the history of surfing. Yes. So we learned who was who and what was what and what spots were important and all that kind of stuff. For people who get into surfing now, I don't think they have that same. I know, but that's ridiculous though. They have the better, the best resource of all, the encyclopediaofsurfing.com. Exactly. EOS.com where you can go, subscribe. And I mean, I've spent, I did learn a lot of the his, surf history from the magazines or rotely, right? Or, or like just randomly from the movies or, you know, like this hodgepodge. But like, I love going into EOS to this day and just flipping, just like following different rabbit trails yeah. down the EOS. Yeah. Which is exactly what I'm going to read from Great. to educate our listeners because maybe they entered surfing through COVID or maybe they yes. entered through Jonah Hill. Maybe they entered through wave storms at Costco and Instagram, but they're only getting the modern take on it. Yep. And they have no idea who Art Brewer is or that professional photographers even existed at one point in the surf world. So Brewer gained his spot on the surfer masthead in late 1968. He was the magazine's dominant photographer photographer in the early 70s um at one point shooting six out of nine covers in a given span um let's see his size and flaring temper um he once weighed nearly 300 pounds i didn't know that I didn't uh suggested the grand idea even explosive creative talent at times brewer played on his aggression asked to supply a self-portrait for a 1997 portfolio. And he said, quote, this big elephant seal of a man, um, uh, certain, uh, yeah, I don't know. It goes on about his personality, but mm. he's, he's quite the character. His list of contributions to various surf magazines over the years is just innumerable. And iconic photos are innumerable as well. Like there's so many photos that just are in our awareness that he's responsible for shooting. So masters of surf photography, a book about art, art brewer, 250 pain, hard, hardcover retrospective is available. Um, yeah, not enough can be said about his contributions to surfing. Mm. So art brewer, go fund me. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big Art Brewer fan, but I really do feel Come bad. on, buddy. Yeah, I really feel for Did you him. have a run-in? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not not a fan of Art Brewer, but right. fan of his work. Okay. Yeah. Let's leave that story off this episode. We can. Maybe in the future we can discuss it. <laughs> um, so I've got a theme song. Actually, let's start. Since we're talking about Matt Warshaw. Yeah. Let's do... Uh, touch on his article that went out in the EOS newsletter this past week that Beach Grit then wrote an article about. A great one. Did you read his piece? I read uh, not the whole thing, but much of it. Okay. Surfing is no longer hip. 
is the name and the title of this piece. And I'll just read kind of tidbits from it. It says, surfing is no longer hip, but lack of hipness doesn't matter. When it stopped being hip is open to debate. Somewhere between Gidget and the recent announcement of SeaWorld's Orlando's admittingly freaking awesome pipeline surf coaster. Although my strong belief is that hipness wise, we voluntarily tore off all our own epaulets in the late 1970s when we leaned hard into logos and stickers. But the more interesting question is, so what? Uh, Surfing is no longer hip or cool. Who cares? We are still out there riding waves surrounded by the ocean. We are leaving wave pools out of this discussion, by the way, because I'm barely juggling this topic on its own. And in that monument, surfing at its core is the same half magic, ultimate pleasure activity that it was 50 or 100 or 500 years ago. So who cares if it's hip or cool? Yeah. Uh, What are your thoughts? Was surfing ever hip when you discovered surfing? For sure. And was that part of the draw? I mean, 100% it was, for me at least, you know, and I don't know if, but yeah, I mean, I think you could say objectively surfing was hip, right? Like, I think that the idea of, you know, at least when I came into surfing, you know, 80s, like this, excuse me, Echo Beach and Day Glow. And like, I would disagree with Matt. I think that the logos and everything, you know, Matt would have been growing up or, I mean, professional surfing at that point, the point that I was really discovering it, right? So he would have a different yeah. take on that. But to me, that was cool, right? The mountain and the wave. Or anytime I saw, you know, the billabong, you know, whatever in that specific font, half crescent thing that like, I mean, it couldn't have been cooler. And I think it could be argued that I wasn't cool. So who, who would I be to say something is cool, but it was cool to me, but here we go. Maybe because it was cool to me and I was uncool, then that means that it was not cool. Um, so is it no longer cool? I would also disagree that no, I think it still is cool. Right? Like I think that yes, uh, there is way more kooky stuff in surfing now than there was then, maybe. But the core of surfing is still hip. The act of surfing itself. The act of surfing, but I would also I, stretch it to... I'm trying to think here of, like, if you rocked up and saw... I'm trying to think of... I want to help. I just don't know where you're going. Well, if you, I'm trying to think of a person, a surfer who is really representative of hipness. That's uh, not Dane, Dane Reynolds, too, Craig Anderson. Problem Noah is Dean. T- too old though, right? They're oh, okay, like, a, like yeah. they're like hip to Oscar Langborn. I mean, that's what I'm wondering because that okay. that would be the measure of hipness. The the Andos and Reynolds is is, is don't count anymore, right? They're they are dads. They're dads playing yeah. the classics. That's like going to a <laughs> Rolling Stones concert 10 yeah. years ago and say, this is the thing right here, right. man, this is hip. Uh, but so who is the younger, that's what it would, it would pivot off that. Is there a young, cool surfer is the question that I pose to you. Well, I'm thinking, I don't want to name them because they're children, you know, but I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> it feels bad to let, like then make fun of them. But I'm thinking of a number of young, um, very popular professional amateur surfers, right? Yeah. And what I, they're all, uh, none of them seem to be trendsetters. They seem to be following the trends of what is happening, you know, with their sponsors essentially and wearing those clothing and whatever. Whereas 
what made Dane hip was that he wasn't actually wearing Quicksilver's clothing. Yeah. Like even though he was sponsored by them, like, and he was drawing their logo on their board rather than using the stickers. So Dane being marching to his own, the beat of his own drum was what made him hip. Well, I mean, I think, I think it could be argued that that makes, that's what makes hipness in general. Is, yeah, maybe. And so, so you're arguing then, I hear you saying that, uh, there's no hip kids. I, I can't think of an example of a young surfer who is just completely doing their own thing without the influence of the the industry or the sponsor who they're hoping to appease to then have a place in the industry. I mean, I wonder if we've gone so far that there is a hip surfer who is young surfer who is so hip that they have shunned Instagram and don't like don't want a sponsor they just want to go rip then you and i wouldn't even know who they were precisely yeah i mean because i think being being in the public awareness uh is pretty uncool these days i mean i think with the how it's set up to be in the public awareness previously talked about magazines you maybe could hustle and know where the photographer is going to be and go get it right but yeah. or even with dane bring a filmer i suppose with you um, but there was, it wasn't a selfie. It was right. somebody documenting you. Yeah. Uh, and now I think to be, I would imagine to be on the, in the public, how else do you be in the public's awareness unless you're on social media and to be doing social media well means you're doing something profoundly uncool. Agreed. I think I was trying to define, uh, while I was reading this article, like what even is hip or what yeah. is, how do you define cool? How do you define hip? And I think that once you have self-awareness of the coolness or the hipness, it immediately starts its downward trajectory yeah. of being cool anymore. And so you, um, it's kind of that way with looks too. I feel like the most beautiful people I've seen in my life are unaware that they're beautiful, sure. you know, or maybe people have told them, but they shirk it and then they don't wear makeup or whatever it is. And they're just... Uh, that humility is what's beautiful. So if you are the most talented surfer in the world and people are throwing money at you, but you're kind of ignoring a lot of that and just doing your own thing, that is what's cool and hip. The moment that they brand a board short after you and then start wrapping the marketing of their entire brand around that and putting you on the posters, you're inevitably almost no longer hip. I mean, I think part of the problem is today's in today's climate or just the, the way it is like back, you know, it's, I hate talking back in the day stuff, but like an Aussie right could come up and there would be a Volcom who would sponsor him and keep cool with him. Right. Like, just let him do, him. let him yeah. do his thing. And you know, he, like to me, the, the relationship between a Volcom and Aussie right was perfect. Right. Like he made the brand better and the brand allowed him to be him full time which made him better, right? He got to explore music, got to explore art, got to, you know, surf all, like inspirationally. Uh, there's no more Volcoms to sponsor kids. I mean, well, you have you have VF, you have Authentic Brands Group. Uh, so you have two conglomerates who are, you know, essentially just, I mean, I just, sorry. Uh, yeah, these two conglomerates and who else? Like, who else is going to... I mean, you do have Critical Slide Society and Rourke and these, but none of these brands seem like they're in the in the business of that kind of brand, personal brand building. 
they're not because uh, they run the risk of being canceled if that individual athlete says something out of line. Yeah. Kanye West. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this, the Kanye West thing is kind of a perfect example of that where Adidas kind of gives him free reign to do him and to be him. And they're actually, that's what they want him to do until he goes off the rails. And now death con three. Yeah. And it's like, I saw an article saying they had 10% of their business. 10% of Adidas's business was Yeezy. Right. It's, which is insane to me, but now they have to cut 10% of their business because I mean, they just simply cannot be associated. I think, I think it's a real pickle to put yourself. Their in. stocks and everything got downgraded. I mean, it's like a, the beginning, I think Adidas is probably big enough to survive, but it's not good for Adidas, right? One no. of the two major, I mean, they ha- Adidas has to be one of the, if not the second largest shoe maker in the world, you know, in the top five. And for them to start swirling the drain, or not swirling the drain, but for real trouble to happen because one of their marquee one, one person person said, Went I'm rogue. going death con three. And so that's, so for Volcom to, they do that with Ozzy right back in the day. They lived in a time and space where they couldn't get canceled if Ozzy did something out of line. But back, back then to the... And again, I feel like I'm speaking out of turn here because I am not, I am very unaware of youth surfing. I do not follow the NSSA. I don't really pay attention to the juniors. I am more and more off Instagram. And so uh, maybe I'm, and I would love listener feedback of show the hip kids, but I would imagine, you know, part of being hip or cool is marching the beat of your own drummer. Uh, part of it is being unafraid, I think, to be authentically yourself and say stuff where in this climate, it seems a very difficult ask to both be profoundly yourself and yeah, not afraid to open your mouth. Well, aside from whether I, uh, from the things we just discussed, I was thinking about what Matt was talking about with um, the act itself and that was a huge draw for me. Uh, that that was part. That was a different type of cool. When I was first getting into surfing, yeah, it was the the athletes that the magazines were profiling. There was a coolness associated with the celebrity aspect of those people. But for me, the act of surfing itself was also cool because it was man or woman versus nature. And if you go to the beach and there's, it could be the dude who is the most fit is bronzing on the beach. He's nowhere near as cool to me as the guy who just ripped the set wave out there. You know what I mean? But that guy on the beach has a lot of cool credibility in the real world because of his physique and he's getting chicks or whatever it is. But now that we're on the beach, it's like, no, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be that guy out there because he's kind of conquering nature. I mean that. Or he's one with maybe. And it's, I mean, I think the difficulty of surfing, the fact that it's really not an easy thing to do, I will say that's put a, uh, dent in the coolness maybe is continually making it more accessible for people I agree from not only wave storms, which are profound, like now surfing is profoundly un surfing on a wave storm is profoundly uncool. I will say no matter who's doing it from Jamie O'Brien at pipeline, it's novelty, you know, Ben gravy. There's not God bless Ben gravy, nothing against Ben gravy, but there's not one cool thing in Ben gravy's body, which I suppose some a Ben Gravy fan who I know there's plenty of them. And so I would imagine I will hear back. That's what makes him cool, right? He doesn't care about being cool. He just wants to be lovable and likable and have fun and all that. But I'll, I will still say there is a, uh, I'll posit that there is a surliness 
that's necessary for cool. I think like a, you can't be lovable and cool are two different things. It's true. Uh, I, I can agree to that. And so I would say Ben Gravy is not cool. Yeah. Like nothing against him, but he is not cool. He's a lot of things that are admirable, Yeah, but not hip, cool. hip and cool would not be yes. defining and, characters. And so, but the, the ease of surfing. So then, and even transitioning from uh, the soft top to like everybody knows now how to make epic, you know, high volume surfboards that are easy to paddle into waves and still can turn pretty good. Right. I mean, back in, I hate back in the day conversations, but you had kind of basically a high performance thruster more or less to ride. There was, well, there was danger. The thing was sharp, it yeah. had sharp edged. It was hard, physically hard. It was, it was narrow. Yeah. It was, you know, it didn't float you very like to learning how to surf came with consequence came with consequence and it was difficult. And so you, yeah. and you watch somebody rip and you think that guy's awesome because he or girl is awesome because they put the, I mean, they're just good at a very difficult thing. Exactly. Now watching people surf, I don't think people necessarily have to be good at a very difficult thing. Well, a, like with the soft top, they literally took away all the hard edges yeah. and any of the consequence with that. And then with all of the, um, schools that are available, it's like, you can go and just, catch whitewash on your first day and stand up on your first day and you've already conquered it. But yeah. I still stop every single time. If you're at the beach, if I'm at the beach uh, and there's somebody ripping, like I will stop every time and stare. Totally. Like ripping yeah. looks good. Yeah. Like uh, and not, I mean, so ripping is good style too. Like I saw, I mean, did I talk about him? I saw a guy with the worst, I wish I could shame him. I wish I knew his name so I could actively shame him on the air. He was the biggest kook I've ever seen. He was dropping in on people, thought he looked, I think I already even talked yeah, about this. He did. Thought he looked so good. But like, so you got to rip and you got to have good style. Well, so in that conversation then, surfing is still hip and cool. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would argue. The act itself is I would still say that cool. it is. I would say that both surfing is hip and cool. Surf culture has taken one really on the chin. Uh, but through the act of surfing, the guy, show me, a guy who rips and maybe he's not cool, but like <laughs> I was going to say, but I'd be intrigued to see what he's into. Like if he's really properly rips, uh, there's a lot of overlap between the guys who rip and coolness. Yeah. Maybe not a hundred percent of them are cool. No. And some of them might even be bad people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure plenty of them. Um, but yeah, the, yeah they might the, be the dumb as a of, box of rocks. Like for all, sure that. like, yeah. But the, but the amount of work and um, kind of grittiness that is required to actually rip makes, makes for cool. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a body awareness that, uh, people who rip have, you know, they're very aware of their body. Yes. And that body awareness, I think is a translates, translates to, to style, to like way. how you move down the street. Right. To, There's also in order to rip like that, you actually have to shirk a lot of responsibility in yeah. life and get up early and all this kind of stuff that then that aloofness is part of being cool as yeah. well. You know, like, oh, I actually don't care about advancing my career yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> or being there for my children. <laughs> <laughs> Matt wraps up his piece to say that um, he goes, I bring this all up because doing something as arcane as it is attractive and compelling is itself a not bad definition of hip surfing at that point. 
uh, was he's referencing a 1977 article or Surfer magazine cover, and he says surfing at that point was still off to the side culturally and valued as such. A long time ago, I asked Barton Lynch what his greatest achievement was as a pro surfer, and without pause, he said, "Quote." driving to the beach when everyone else was driving the other way, end quote. Lack of hipness is not a deal breaker, obviously. Hip doesn't last, but still, the, the cake is nice, nicely sugar dusted and cherry topped when everyone else is driving the other way. Mm-hmm. Matt leave Warshaw. It, leave it to Matt Warshaw. He's an artist, artist in his prime. I agree. Um, so we are going to... Everyone's new favorite segment of the show. Let's roll the theme music. Thank you, DJ Seaweed. DJ Seaweed, bringing it. Is DJ Seaweed going to play like Coachella this year? Uh, I don't know if he's been invited, but we should have him played live here. We should. We, we should have well, him do the theme music live for us. We fully day. should. He should bring his... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So trust in us is brought to you by Sunbum because you can trust the bum. And uh, this is a segment where, look, everybody's been burned. You don't know who you could trust nowadays. You got literal, the biggest media companies in the world lying to you. To your face. Intentionally. On purpose. Just to get your money. Just to get you to click on something, to buy something. Um, and so we've lost our way. We don't know who we can trust, but here Chaz and I, as your benevolent leaders, yeah. I don't know what we are. We have no, we have no horse in this race. We here. don't. We only care about you we, exactly. and you living your best life. Exactly. So we've proven our worth, uh, over the course of years. And so we are here to guide you through some of life's most confusing topics, trends, challenges that you're going to face daily, weekly. And uh, of course, the segment is brought to you by Sunbum because that is who we trust with our skin care and sun protection. More importantly, with our family's skin exactly. care and sun protection. It's, true. it's very true. So uh, sunbum.com, we have a promo code with them. It is Surf Splendor. It's 15% off a one-time purchase. So basically go stockpile and save the 15%. Uh, it only lasts till the end of the year. So take advantage of that. Or if you just need to re up after that one purchase, go to your local surf shop and buy Sunbum there. Cause you know, you see that everywhere. It's so good at the surf shop so, too. Totally. All right. So the, uh, question for today's show, trust in us comes last minute, late night, Albie layer took to Instagram. Mm. Did you see it? I didn't. Okay. Perfect. So the question here that we need to uh, guide people in is playing the victim. Uh oh. Is it ever okay, wise, or beneficial to play the victim? So, Albie Layer took to Instagram. His account is Live Fast, Die Old. And he posted on his uh, account Stab Magazine's article about the invitee list for the Vans Pipe mm. Masters this year. And Albie said, quote, I've spent most of my 31 years of life giving every fiber of my being to this sport and it's still, and I'm still being passed over as well as a few others. And, um, I will basically, I never got used to it and I never will. So he's complaining that Vans and Stab Magazine did not invite him to participate 
in the Pipe Masters event, which by the way, they've reformatted and it is now um, focusing on aerial surfing as well. So I think Albie's argument here is, look, I'm I a get, perfect guy. I do. I get massive barrels and do massive airs on, yeah. on legit waves. So who else would you pick for this? Yes. So he's taken to Instagram to complain about it. Okay. Playing the victim. I am going to split a fine line here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say wearing your heart on your sleeve, being openly hurt is one thing. Being a victim is another. Uh, I'm going to say neither. Okay. Damn it. I really wanted to, I really wanted to be here for you, Albie. I want to put my arm around you and hold you close. I still want that. Never go public with hurt feelings. What does this do for him or anybody? I mean, it gets, it gets him comments that says, yeah, we're, we're with you, Albie. So you get the dopamine and I'm sure he was not doing it for that. I'm sure he's so frustrated in the moment. Like I like seeing frustration, right? And I I would have liked this if, uh, he had just got out of the water or something and somebody stuck a microphone in his face. And he's like, F these guys. Right. Yeah, if he would yeah, have yeah. said this, yeah. it would have been better than posting it. If it would have been a, in the heat of the moment, screw these guys. I've, I've given everything and I'm still passed over. Like F them. That would, that would feel something good. Like I like when athletes do that. Right. When an yeah, athlete comes sure. to a press conference yes. and basically flips the table, right? Yeah. Like you guys all suck or something sucks. Something is a, you know, I was, Something bad happened to me. I love that. But it's the posting of it. The advice for our listeners, though, of playing the victim. D- like, is Albie even a victim here? I mean, like, he just like got- here's the real deal. There's a certain number of surfers who can come to this event, and Vans has an agenda, and they're pick- they can't pick everybody. I mean, there's literally, I could probably list 20 people who would also be a great fit for this event in addition to Albie. They can't have all of who them. Are the, who are the real bad ones that were picked that were like obvious, they're van sponsored and don't belong? Tosh Tudor. Yeah, Tosh Tudor. You know what I mean? Like, and no offense to Tosh, but what, he's been surfing there three years? Yeah. Maybe five years? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Albie would be a better pick, pick than Tosh for sure. But they can't pick everybody. So Albie kind of choosing this to feel victimized about is to me, he's not even a victim here. I, yeah. I think there are scenarios where people are legitimately victims. Yeah, Albie is not necessarily a victim. This is really trying kind of hard to be a victim. And and so my other kind of in addition to that is viewing yourself as a victim almost never serves you well. Nope. Right? Doesn't serve you well. It just doesn't. Yeah. And maybe if you are the victim of, a, I don't know, whatever, a car crash or something from, and then you get money. Yeah. What was that? The comedian who got hit by the Walmart truck from the driver who had been driving for 24 hours and then he got cashed out. Oh yeah. I forget that guy's name. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he was on SNL. Tracy. Oh yeah. Tracy. Yeah. He cashed out on that. Uh, Tracy Morgan. Morgan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was already a multi multi millionaire and then he got half a billion from Walmart because you know, so he was a victim. Sure. And then there was some sort of, okay, so maybe you play the victim for that. But, but in general, playing the victim puts you in a position that doesn't net positive results generally. And that's if you actually are a victim. This is a scenario where it's like, dude, there's just something happening over here. It's a business interest and you're trying to attach yourself to it. Maybe it is just to maintain relevance and to maintain uh, in the surf conversation, which is also kind of sad. But you could also just ignore it and move on with your life because it actually has nothing to do with you. They never even 
this had nothing to do with you, right? Well, I mean, I think I think Albie has always positioned himself, and maybe this is, I think it's an interesting peek into Albie's psyche a bit, but like I always thought that he and Matt Maiola and the other Maui guys were purposefully positioning themselves outside the mainstream idea of surf. I thought, it seemed to me like we're a crew, we're doing our own thing, we do our own movie, we don't need you you know, surf machine for, and we're, we're not against the surf machine. We just, we're different, right? Uh, this seems to be saying that he never wanted that. He didn't want to be, he wanted to be part of the big thing. Yeah. I suppose. And interestingly, Matt Miola was invited. Yeah. Yeah. To this event. So, um, talking about, he will get support in the comments section. Turns out, not entirely. Oops. Billy Billy Kemper chimed in and said... Did Billy Kemper get invited? I think Billy is invited, yeah. And Billy chimed in and said, come surf pipe for once before you start another sob story. Oh. Ouch. Which is kind of to the point. If, yeah, you get barreled and you do airs, but you don't do them at pipe, and this is a pipe event, and there's tons of people who committed to pipe, and mm. they're the ones who are invited, you know? Yeah. So I think that was interesting. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Man. I forgot there's real surf stories out there. It's Occasionally. Time for, time for me to get back into the surf stories. <laughs> Occasionally. Um, and uh, he and Billy went back and they played nice after that, but I liked Billy kind of calling him out. Which Billy almost uh, assuming Vans position here, which Vans is going to pick pipe uh, masters to surf in the pipe masters. See, but and the- Albie for all that he's great at, I don't remember him surfing pipe. But And great. But the the problem, I think, again, when it's, company when it's the vans triple or the vans pipeline thing is a tosh tutor totally uh undermines vans authority on anything i think them picking people based on their van sponsorship gives albie reason to complain i will i will say like i think it's not a great look but i think that it's not a great look for albie to do that but vans has no i think vans is uh completely morally corrupt uh, to begin with once you have Tosh Tudor in there. Well, Vans is, a bi- Vans is a business. Sure. They're not, they're not trying to make a moral stance here. They're just trying to run a business and they're, that's what this is. And so they can put their team rider in their event and it doesn't matter. I if mean, they're morally corrupt. You know what I mean? Sure. But so, like, I think, I think if you're trying to, cause stab is really trying to position this as new and real, right? This is, yeah. this is new and better, right? But it's not new and better. If you have a sponsor feeding, there are people in there. So is Vans the, like a part of me thinks maybe Vans is the ultimate victim here because you just can't win. Like they're, they're trying to do something cool. They're trying to do something innovative. I'd say they're of not course. trying, they're not trying that hard. I think they're, well, they're, I mean, they're putting their lipstick on a pig, right? Not that the pipeline's a pig, but they're, it's like adding the air thing. I think is flat out dumb. Like it's pretty dumb. Like, <laughs> I mean, that is, I do not understand it and tell me I'm wrong. That's not why you watch pipe pipe is a barrel riding contest. And it's about like that subtle, we've already talked about yeah. this in the show. It's about these subtle degrees of great barrel riding versus lesser barrel riding, right? Which is fractional. Like you're just that much barrel riding feels right. Something like when you watch a great barrel ride, you feel that it's better than another one. Uh, I think very rarely or not very rarely, probably often, but Oftentimes, though, I think you can't even point specifically what is better about it. It just feels better. That guy riding that 
barrel feels better, right? Taking it to airs, dumb, 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 dumb. Well, I think Vans, uh, first and foremost, is a business. And so, yes, this is always going to be a marketing vehicle that's designed to sell Vans product, sure. of course, full stop. But they're also running an event and they want to run the event in the best way possible to like uh, uh, showcase the best surfing at one, at one of the world's best waves. And so they are acknowledging that in the free surfs, there are people who hit the end section after they come out of a huge barrel. And let's go ahead and acknowledge that. And then allow for a criteria that will reward it. Uh, so can't. that, okay. And that's fine. That's a different conversation, I suppose, than what the one that we are having about Albi. But I do wonder if like, they're also a victim in, either Vans is a victim or they're also just benefiting from all this crap talking that everybody's giving them because there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, no, I mean, you know I, think, I, mean? I think Vans is beneficiary of, so, you know, this is, the people are talking about the pipeline, about Pipe Masters months out. Yeah. And like, even if Albie's going to call us out and point the finger and shame us, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. More people talking about it. More people you talking about I mean? Tosh Tudor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, final verdict for the listeners who uh, may feel victimized at some point in their life, playing the victim question mark. Don't do it. Agreed. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, I'd go so far as to, uh, we had it's, a, it's such a trendy thing to do. Yeah. Like in this it. current environment, because you're right. The reason why he did it is probably to get a bunch of pats did, on the back. I don't think he meant, I think subconsciously that's why he did it. That's why people do it. Yeah. You know, that's why it is a popular thing yes. to do now is to be victimized. And you get, you people say you're right. You're, uh, we validate your yeah. rightness. Or they just show uh, awareness of your existence. Yeah. Even if it's negative feedback, it's yeah. still just like, hey, this person over here is feeling sorry and sad. So I'm going to acknowledge their existence right now. And that's what the people want. Don't do it though. But it's for the wrong reasons and it doesn't elevate or lift you up or prepare you for life in any way. You we'll know? make you feel good. Okay. Yeah. Playing the victim. Don't do it. No go. All right. Well then I think uh, the advice is in and they can trust in us. Thank you, Sunbomb. Yeah, Sunbomb. Do you want to do some true grit or clickbait crap? Let's do it. Okay, quote, surf shoemaker vans, the aforementioned vans, unexpected beneficiary of Kanye West's anti-Semitic imbroglio as Harry Styles swaps usual Adidas for waffle sole at the latest concert. Mm, you got to think that's a windfall right there for vans. So is this true grit or is this clickbait? Well, I think it's true. I think that Vans has been struggling. Uh, it's like has not had very great profits from its VF Corp. It's dragging its company down, its parent corp down. Uh, so what it needs ahead of the Pipeline Masters specifically, they're going to put on an expensive event, spending money out there. They need sales. All of a sudden you have Harry Styles sweeping in as savior, right? Thank you, Kanye West, for getting canceled. He would not have been wearing Vans. He would have been wearing his Adidas Gazelles, Gucci collab, whatever it was, but no. So did Harry Styles make a statement and say, I'm not going to wear Adidas anymore because of Kanye? Well, he didn't. And then okay. that's that's the way that it was taken, though. Got it. There was lots of chatter around his statement. Around your coffee table at home? Uh, <laughs> nope. I mean, you can, the, the listener, the doubtful listener is welcome to Google Harry okay. Styles Vans. Okay. Yeah. 
So Vans has been in the headlines because of it. Yes. Outside of Beach Grit. Exactly. Amazing. Yep. Wow. True Grit? I guess so. Yep. Almost related to surfing, too. I mean, <laughs> very close. Tangential. <laughs> Harry Styles, by the way, again, old guy here talking, is one of those many artists these days who I have no idea what song he sings. Maybe I do know, like if it you came do. on, I might know you it, do. but like I could not name one song of Harry Styles. You know, Watermelon Sugar. Watermelon Sugar, hi. That one? Yeah. Not, uh, it doesn't one? ring a bell. Man, that thing was like playing nonstop whenever it came out okay. a couple years ago. Well, maybe if it played, yeah. I don't know if your uh, interpretation of it rang my bell. It yeah. didn't <laughs> ring my bell, but if it played, it might ring my bell. We need to get DJ Seaweed to do it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Send it in. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I guess True Grit. True Grit. And it ended with an exclamation point. Yep. I did not say that. Uh, second story, England's National Health Services to prescribe surfing, roller skating, for depressed, anxious, and generally sullen teenagers, exclamation point. It's true. They are, which this was a couple times. There was a couple times this week that surfing as self-esteem building was in the headlines. And it, every time it made me chuckle. I can't imagine anything more self-esteem destroying than surfing. Uh, I understand what you're saying, <laughs> but in the way that it destroys your self-esteem, it also builds character. It builds character. Which is a long-term self-esteem thing. It is character building, but it is certainly not self-esteem building. Okay. It is okay. ego crushing, which, so maybe they're being real sneaky in actually prescribing something that these kids need, right? Stop being so self-centered. Stop thinking about your feelings all the time. Stop thinking about how right. you're, you know, you're stop emotionally, you. stop thinking about you. Go out and get crushed. Yeah. Go out and suck and be foolish and have a marginally good time that's outside of you. I would like to think that, yes, they are that um, savvy. But no, they're not. They're going to put them all in soft tops and say, look at you standing, self-esteem. It's that. It's yeah. they're going to soft tops with a surf school in the whitewash. Yep. They're going to stand on the very first time. And yep. so that builds your self-esteem. Yep. I did it. I surfed. Well, related to an earlier thing, their vision of what surfing is, is insurmountable. It is hard to do. It yep. is the ultimate. But the version that they give them is this other version over here that is totally mountable. But I still, once you're standing on your soft top in your rented wetsuit, backwards possibly right i still don't see how your self-esteem is soaring it's pretty fun riding whitewash straight yeah sure i mean it's kind of i mean if if you've never had the experience of riding an open face then riding the whitewash straight is more fun than riding a bike i would say is riding riding whitewash straight more fun than uh is it more fun than skateboarding down a hill on really soft wheels like bombing a hill? Not bombing. Like a nice, like a perfect steepness where you can go back and forth. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, this would be a good thing, a good whole conversation, is where riding whitewash straight on a foamy ranks on pleasurable activities overall. Okay. Let's start a chart. Yeah. We'll come back next week with it. Uh, yeah. It's hard for me to go back to erase everything I know about serving. Cause for me, riding the whitewash now is just a low, it doesn't rank at all. Yeah. Cause I've had the experience of riding an open face. But you know? remember those days when you were going straight on whitewash and you were going straight and you were kind of, it was kind of like, especially not in the, in the pre soft top days, it's kind of hard to keep your board balanced. Like you'd kind of wobble back and forth cause they're 
push yeah. so there was so little push behind it. Did you learn on a longboard? No. What kind of board did you learn? I learned on a twin fin on a like an eighties thick. Eighties thick. Okay. Uh, so it had trust volume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh I'm trying to think. The thrill of the whitewash picking you up. There's thrill there. So I'm really digging into the recesses yeah. of my brain here. And <laughs> that thrill, I, I don't really remember it so much from standing on whitewash, but I very much remember it bodyboarding. Yeah. The so, thrill of getting picked up by water. Yes. Yeah. But long before I had a surfboard, bodyboarding was, you know, go out there and you catch white water. And then at some point you get a little double up in front of you and you're on the white water and you see that double up, you're approaching it from behind and you're like, oh, this is one of those like waterfall things. And so you catch up to that double up and you go down the face of the double up and you're like, whoa, that was crazy. You went like Mach three on your Mach three. And exactly. (laughs) And then you find yourself looking for those waves that you know are going to have that double up or that one wave is going to run over another wave and you're going to be able to do that. I'll say even on a surfboard though, like that, because it was surfboard, like it was so much faster with the like foam and fiberglass. Like I remember really feeling like, ooh, I'm getting rocketed when I catch this whitewash. Yeah. So I'm going to give it, okay, I'm going to go back and give it a thumbs up. So the England uh, National Health Services are prescribing surfing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, The weird thing about the article headline was surfing and roller skating. Roller skating too. I would say surfing, skateboarding, maybe surfing and rollerblading. It was roller skating. There's a couple other ones in there. I just liked having roller skating in the headline. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It wasn't even inline skating or anything. It was roller skating. Right. Proper Super bizarre. four wheels on each foot. Those things are so different. Yeah. I yeah. It's weird to prescribe both of them. Self-esteem. All right. Well, cool. True grit. Yep. Times two. Yep. Um, I was going to say we need a segment where you teach us new words because sometimes I see words that you use and I'm like, I think I have a pretty robust vocabulary and I don't even know this word that he's Yeah. Using. There's a lot of ones out there. Well, and then I realized it actually isn't a word. It's just the name of an only fan superstar. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, okay, good. Yeah. I, I, he didn't outsmart me this time, and but I didn't know. I thought that it was like a adjective that you were using to describe the only fan superstar. Yes. Oh, so I Googled good. what the word was and realized that's her name. Oh no, that's, just, that's her. Yeah, that's, that's her handle. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the story, which I don't know if it's even worth, putting in this segment other than for that reason, but it's as OnlyFans superstar Amaranth. Amaranth, I think. Amaranth comes under fire for domestic abuse cosplay. Surf aficionados worry about well-being of platforms. Nathan Florence. This one's a little more, a little more run out of, (laughs) run out of breath when I'm reading. (laughs) This one, but I wonder, I mean, you know. Shoehorning Nathan Florence into this. Kind of, except for the fact that, uh, We've chased our surfers all out, I think, as I wrote, from them. You know, they used to have magazines. They used to have movies. They were safe places, right? Now our surfers are having to make a living basically in the porn fields. Let's be honest about what OnlyFans is. I like so, the analogy. Are there fields of porn somewhere yeah. <laughs> that are, like, being cultivated? I mean, that's Nathan Florence is there in with the a sheath fields. right next to Buxom Blondes and... You know, who's that famous? There's a famous... Jenna Jameson. Yeah, but there's a famous new Italian dude. Or he's probably uh, been know. famous for a while. Anyway, he's there. He's right now, shoulder to shoulder, harvesting the clicks from the porn fields, right? Yes. Yeah. It's dangerous. Harvesting clicks and dollars, Yeah, by the way. or is it not? I mean, could, might Nathan Florence have to go to a OnlyFans convention at some point? 
might there be some porn there where they say, hey, Nathan, doing pretty good over on your surfing. We like it. Just take your pants off. (laughs) (laughs) How long until Nathan's taking his pants off is the question. I mean, I think there's a real worry. I think well, we, okay, have, we here's have the question. What's the dollar amount? Because he has OnlyFans subscribers, right? Yes. And they're on that website for one thing. And then generally they're on there for one thing. <laughs> but they came over to get a surf lesson from Nathan. But they're like, God, when I type in OnlyFans, I'm just inclined yeah. to have a different experience here. I wonder if Nathan's going to provide this experience for me. You know what, Nathan? Instead of the $50 surf lesson, how about I give you $500 for something else? What is the number that Nathan says yes? On OnlyFans. On OnlyFans. He gets a direct message Yep. from the buxom blonde that you were talking yep. about earlier. Who's like, hey, buddy, come over to the dark side. Here's the dollar amount. I'm going to say $7,500. <laughs> what? What's the ask? I'm going to say for full frontal. Dick pic. Yeah. 7500 bucks for one dick pic. Yep. Yeah, I think he'd take it. Yeah. Who, I mean, who among us won it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I th- but th- this is the thing though. This is why this is why this is not clickbait at all. This is why this is a discussion we need to have. We're sending our youth, our little Nathan Florences, our middle brothers. See the youngest? He's the middle. Ivan's youngest. Our middle brothers into the porn factory. We are saying go work, go work there. I mean, that's they're in the porn factory. They're just not making porn yet. He's in a different department. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but he's in the factory. Yeah, he's in the building. Yeah, dangerous. It is dangerous. Yeah. So again, let me read the headline: (laughs) OnlyFans superstar Amaranth comes under fire for domestic abuse cosplay. What is that? I think the story she was faking. Domestic abuse to so, get attention. So she was a. Uh, I might have this mixed up here, okay. but my understanding of Shocking. it is, is she was an OnlyFans superstar, who like one of the biggest, I think. Um, and then it just came out that you know she's been on the platform for however long, and it just came out that she actually has a husband. She never, and that there's uh, a clip of her husband like berating her for not doing the OnlyFans, giving them what they want or whatever, right? And so mm. then I think there was a question of, is this actually domestic abuse cosplay? Are they oh, putting this on? Like you, so wife, then, get in front of the camera and take your top off or whatever they do. Uh, so that she would then be in the headlines. for, But, but also like that's a genre, right? Like yeah, people yeah. want to see apparently a husband make his wife do porn. Wow. Yeah. They want it there. That's what they're watching. You know, again, this is where Nathan Florence is. (laughs) I am now worried about the well-being of the platforms, Nathan Florence. Yes. Um, Man, that is a, we are living in such a bizarre world. It's bizarre. The twists and turns that headline took to make, to, to, or for you to explain it to me to under, that is crazy town. Yeah. Crazy. But also like, how does this thing exist? Why is people using it? Wait, why is he doing what he's doing? Oh yeah. Oh, it all makes sense. And then we can all worry together for Nathan Florence and also Eric Logan as he's a known cosplayer. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did you write this story? Remember when he cosplayed as a fighter pilot? Oh, that's right. (laughs) I I guess I don't know what cosplay is to be perfectly honest. Costume play. 
yeah, costumed yeah. play. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I just thought it was specific to like um, anime characters or something. No, I, I didn't know you, that you could do it for everything. I mean, I do think that's how it started, but I do now think that you can cosplay as anything. It's just like fronting as something that you're not actually doing, but you're getting something out of it. Or, or like, I think getting off on it in some way, not sexually necessarily, but yeah. I'm so I'm more confused now than I was at the beginning of this story. And it's a good thing you have a young child to bring up in this world. <laughs> That's a great point. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, I think that makes three true grit or two, yeah. three true, two true grit, one clickbait. I'm going to say the amaranth was true. Okay. Real worry. Okay. Concern. All right. For our youth. All right. I'll give it to you. I'm not going to argue with you. All right. Well, hey, I think we should go to commercial break and then uh, we can wrap up the show with Barrel or Not. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Chaz, we're back at commercial to talk about AG1. You know, one thing I realized this week that I had never, I knew it, I just never have talked about it once with AG1, 60-day money-back guarantee. Really? I mean, I'm telling you, no, I bet not one person on the face of this earth has ever turned it into AG1 and That's said true. this didn't work. That's Not true. one. That's a good point. I would defy, I mean, we've defied people on this very show. That's true. Do it and tell us. We've never gotten Dare one. you. Not never gotten one. an email, never gotten a call. I've gotten, you know what I've gotten? Positive. E- positive emails and calls. Thank exactly. you. Thank you for putting me on this. Same here. So I think that is worth mentioning. We talk about athleticgreens.com slash surf. It's a greens powder, but it's more than that. It has a multivitamin, multi-mineral, uh, probiotics, prebiotics, all these other things. So it's not you know, comparable with other greens powders. It's actually far superior than those, but it's like we hype it, but I always go, you know, go to the website, research it on your own. We don't have time to actually break down everything here. And I'm not an expert on those things. So go to the website, athleticgreens.com slash surf, research it on yourself, on your own. You'll be sold. But now that I know there's a 60 day guarantee, why wouldn't you do it? I mean, especially look at this 60 days. We're coming up to the holidays. As you well know, it's going to be times of not eating the greatest food, definitely over consuming, et cetera, et cetera. Get AG1 slash surf right now. Get your base going and then have it carry you through the uh, 60 days. You'll know, right? What is 60 days from now? We're end of October. Well, that's basically Christmas. Take you to the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So you'll know after Christmas, after all that overconsumption, you'll think I feel okay. You know, I'm doing okay. And you'll have a jumpstart on your new year's resolution to be fit. Done and dusted. Done. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 
2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's LinkedInjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Chaz, we're back. Great. Barrel or nah. Rating and reviewing things online. Oh. Because I am such a beneficiary on whenever I'm on Amazon. If I want to find a restaurant, I go straight to Yelp if I'm in a new town, whatever. And I am the beneficiary of everybody who rates and reviews things. But you don't. You don't give back. I've never written one review you or rated one thing. are the national public radio listener who refuses when it comes time for... Uh, to give the money, you turn the station until that week is over. Then you're back. I have supported KCRW. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say in a sneaky one, it's a barrel. It takes work. It is uh, not easy, but I think, and especially I'm going to go even beyond. I'm going to say giving a negative review is not necessarily a barrel, right? If some, if, I mean, unless you had a profoundly negative experience that you properly need to warn people off of, but that's even weird too. Like if some business exists and they're not molesting kids, like right inside the door, bring your kids in and they just all of a sudden get molested. Pizzagate. Yeah. The pizza joining. <laughs> you can give, you can give that pizza place a negative review, but other businesses who just brought the food out late or slow or a mm -hmm. server was grouchy that day. Or whatever. I mean, if you're going to be critical, that's one thing. If you say this person, you know, or this establishment, say Bill's the best cheesecake ever, I went and I had it, and I'm going to compare it to other cheesecakes. You know, it wasn't, it was this, whatever. Like, Pretending you're a food critic's weird too. It's kind of weird, but being critical is one thing. Just going on to be negative is silly. Going, going out of your way to be positive about places that you really actually enjoyed, instead of just enjoying getting up and leaving, be it restaurant, be it a dance studio, be it anything. Uh, doing a little bit of the extra work because that is a huge, not only are you benefiting people who are uh, looking for something, you're also better. How much benefit do you get from the reviews on Surf Splendor on Tremendous. iTunes? Yeah. Well, uh, there's some amount of pride, of course, from reading it, but really what the benefit is, is it, feeds us through the algorithm. Exactly. It helps strangers find the show. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like book review. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you know, it's, it's not about the ego at all. It's about when people review stuff, things go get bigger. They get exactly. placed different places. Exactly. So you're benefiting your friends and or places you like. So go do it. Barrel. Completely. Yeah. I, I'm really, I thought about this one this week and I'm like, I need to, I buy things on Amazon literally five times a week. Yeah. And every purchase is made based on reviews. how many reviews and what the number of stars on those reviews are. Yep. And I need to start contributing back to that system. Give back. I really do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Barrel. Rating and reviewing things. Barrel. All right. Who knew? Sneaky. Not I. Um, 
Barrel and Awe number two is related to Halloween and the upcoming Christmas holiday. Barrel and Awe, ignoring holidays based on your religious beliefs. Oh, unless you're a uh, Jehovah's Witness, I'm going to say it is a no barrel. If your whole religion is more or less based on not having holi- not celebrating holidays, like the Jehovah's, I don't know if that's all it's based on, but in my elementary school awareness, that's 100% what You'd it have was. To be such a curmudgeon to build an entire <laughs> religion, just like, I do not want to celebrate. I'm done celebrating. Yeah, but are you talking about like, that's uh, a festivist. Was yeah. about, I think Are you talking about real Christians who yeah. are like, do, do won't do Halloween. Cause it's, it's evil and Ex- or exactly. real and non-Christians who won't do Christmas because it's correct. Yeah. Or even maybe you're devout Jude, uh, Jewish. And so you won't acknowledge Christmas, you know, but my point is I understand the religious reason for doing that. But if the rest of the country and more importantly, your child, if the rest of your child's school is very much acknowledging this thing and you're forcing them to live in a home that doesn't acknowledge it, then it becomes problematic. Go along, get along is what I say. I I know. And so you're saying that even though it flies in the face of your religion, I mean, which which holiday truly flies? I mean, yes, Satan's, Halloween this weekend flies in the face of Christianity. But it's also new or whatever, Hallow's Eve. I mean, there's a, I think there's a Catholic component to it. Is there? I think so. Mm. Yeah. All Saints Day, whatever. Yeah. There's something to it. Did not know that. Yeah. So you just focus on the stuff you want to focus on. All of these things are based on your own, where you're thinking anyway, right? Christmas can actually be about the birth of Christ or for a lot of people, it's just about being a consumer. Or getting together with family, even, yeah. you know, which everyone sure. can. Yeah. So you're saying it's not barrel to ignore the holidays based on your religious. Beliefs. It is not barrel. I think it's not barrel either. Yeah. I think it's, I understand the devotion, but I also think that it's more problematic than it does good. Here's a tough one for you though. Did we already talk about Columbus day slash indigenous people's day? We did not. Which one did you celebrate? Neither. Mm. What did you celebrate? I suppose I celebrated indigenous people. And I mean, neither really, but, uh, and that how do a, you celebrate that? Well, one? that's a funny, I mean, you get the day off. That was a day off school. Yeah. Not but for me, but there's no cake associated with it. That's or, you don't really celebrate. Yeah. But that one really flipped in our lifetime. We used to, oh, I yeah. mean, we just had a couple years ago, Columbus day. Yeah. It's not Columbus day except for, I do believe for Italian Americans. It still is. Oh really? I think so. Yeah. I had no skin in that game. Yeah. So I have no opinion. You're not indigenous. I, and I didn't care about Columbus yeah. prior. You know what I mean? It's not like I was like, man, they're really screwing Columbus on yeah. this one. My boy Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> Every year we would light the Columbus candle and <laughs> or like sell, set a ship down, you know. I'm gonna, I will say though, they should, it is not barrel to not have Indigenous Peoples Day. So let's embrace it. But there should be something that we do on Indigenous Peoples Day. What would you do? That's I'm fun. Let, I'm going to let you, well, we gotta do let something. you get in trouble here by coming up with i mean it's got to be fun because nobody wants to do a chore right i mean i know that we took land and all this kind of stuff but there has to be a fun way a fun representation about maybe us taking land or us giving land back or something there has to be a game ceremonial yeah giving back of something that's fake (laughs) (laughs) right it's just performative yeah (laughs) i was thinking oh we live by a cemetery. Yeah. And they have this giant banner out that they're celebrating the Day of the Dead. Yes. I was like... Day of the Dead is after Halloween. That's the day after. 
But why would a cemetery be celebrating that? Because it, uh, it's probably they probably have a lot of Hispanic burials in there, right? I think I think Day of the Dead at the cemetery is a real Mexican tradition. So that the, okay, I guess you're right. I guess that's exactly right. Yeah. They they're, are celebrating. They're celebrating. It's like, it. it's okay, going to be celebrating those who have passed. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure they'll have like, however you are supposed to celebrate Day of the Dead, Mexico style. Right. Like, I think I was in Mexico once for Day of the Dead. And if I recall, there was like, it was a party atmosphere in various okay. cemeteries. But, I, I just, I thought it was like um, a different company had put their banner on yep. the cemetery. Oh yeah. You know, like, Oh, come party over here because we're celebrating this and <laughs> so you know where we're going to advertise it. Yeah. yeah we're going to advertise it at the cemetery. Yeah, No, I bet they're actually doing it. Okay. The, yeah. Because they had their logo on it. But at first I was taken aback. Like, wow, that's really, yeah. um, Off-putting. distasteful. Back to indigenous people day. I got it. Okay. Do you remember how fun it was in grade school when you got to play steal the bacon? <laughs> no, you didn't have know the, what that is. You didn't play steal the bacon no. or capture the flag or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we as adults don't get an opportunity to play those games anymore. Okay. It could go be capture the indigenous people's land thing. And you would just, everyone, the whole community gets together at the park and you have a massive capture the flag battle. Okay. That'd be fun. Okay. In honor of stolen land. Mm. It's good. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get this started. I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed. <laughs> I'm not sure. I feel like it's going to become problematic, but we'll let listeners point out all the problems. Uh, okay, Barrel and Awe, this is somewhat kind of related to Halloween, but scaring your children. Uh, so, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the mask on, jump out of the closet. I'll tell you what, it's a real backfire. It's, a, it's <laughs> fully, fun. it fully backfires. It's it is so fun. It is totally fun. And then your kid will sleep in bed with you for 18 years. Like, it's all good. I mean, I remember I would drag. I got such a kick out of watching young daughter scream at spirit Halloween. And she wanted it too. like, she mm. wanted to go and you go to spirit Halloween, the giant store that sells all the stuff. And the, you know, they have all those zombies and whatnot. And she would like, I think year one that she wanted to go, she was probably two or something like stepped in the door and went screaming through the parking lot. That was it year three, you know, when she was three, got a couple more feet in, went screaming in the parking lot. But I think all of that stuff has properly traumatized her for life. Yeah. Like at We're, this point, it's, uh, going to create some amazing Instagram videos over yep. these next few days where you see, yeah, the kid approaching the house and the statue ends up jumping at yep. them, you know, inevitably. And the kid goes running or whatever. They're amazing. They're hilarious to watch children being scared. It's true. And also I will say that because those children, I mean, very rarely, or I don't know about very rarely, but many people want to be scared. And then once the scare happens, they, it's that, that's what's fun about being scared. I think it's that combination of wanting it and not wanting it at the same time yeah. is what makes being scared different than, or the emotion or whatever it is of fear totally. different than love or, you know, desire or other things. It's like this thing that you both want and don't want at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It really is interesting. So good to teach kids that young, I suppose. Well, Lauren has these, um, memories you know, seared into her mind from her dad. Her dad was like notorious where he would get the freaky mask and then wait crazy amounts of time in the hiding spot, yeah. like out behind her bedroom window in the backyard just to nail her for 30 minutes yeah. until she walked into her bedroom and then tap on the window and she turns and looks in the dark and there's the scary mask. Perfect. And she has multiple stories that'll kind of She'll remember them and then be like, oh my God, this one time he did this. Are they, are they, and they're fond memories, I'm sure, yeah? Well, 
I think she sees the humor in it now, but I think at the time she lived with a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she was always like freaked out, yeah. freaked out that he would try. But what, uh, we brought Austin over sometime recently and he scared Austin and it, he didn't even put a mask on or anything. He just kind of like went like, Ooh, yeah. you know, like made a loud noise and Austin started crying. And I was like, Hey jerk. Yeah. Like this is only for you. This clearly is for nobody else. Like it was never for anybody else. It's clearly for your own entertainment, but I do kind of see the entertainment. If it's not my child, I see the entertainment in it, but, also, I mean, I will say you're exactly right. It is 100% for the scarer's joy and benefit, but the scary is a uh, is an is a beneficiary too. In that they get the spike of adrenaline and spike of adrenaline, adrenaline and toughened up a bit, a little bit. So, what about scaring? Forget about children. What about scaring your spouse? Oh, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that's. Funny, do you have funny. a jumpy spouse? What? Do you have a I jumpy do, yeah. Spouse? And I can come up and really get a good, yeah. like, and I will from time to time just because it's so funny. But you're exactly right. It's a 100%, especially scaring an adult, yeah. is a 100% selfish activity. Okay, I might get into it. Yeah, because it's good. Uh, she's a little bit jumpy. Like, I'll take the baby and the dog for the for a walk, and then, so she doesn't think I'm home. And yeah. I'm not home, you know, yeah. but then I come back home and she's busy doing the dishes. And so that's creating a lot of noise. She doesn't hear me enter and I'll be in the kitchen. She just turns around and sees me there and starts. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like she's spooked. It's good. So I realized in that moment, I'm like, man, I could really, if I really wanted to. Dad laid, dad laid a her. nice foundation for you. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like build a house upon that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Got a, new, got a new life plan. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Especially going into Halloween. Perfect. Watch a scary movie on Friday night. Get her all primed. Right in time. All right. Perfect. Well, Chaz, another wonderful show. A lot of good advice. Yeah, I think so. Hot takes. I think so. Yep. Um, helped Nathan Florence potentially avert disaster let's in his hope. career. Let's, let's hope. just Let's just be aware. Let's yep. hope he listens. Let's be aware. Um. From what I remember, he's not a huge Beach Grit fan. But let's, let's do an awareness campaign. It's okay. We'll tag him on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get this out there, tag him, make sure he finds it. Uh, all right. And thanks to Album Surfboards, of course, as always, for stop surrounding us in beauty. Anywhere near San Clemente, stop by and buy some sandals. Yeah, completely. Uh, and uh, athleticgreens.com slash surf. And, of course, sunbum.com. You know them shout-outs, too. All right, Chaz. Until next week. Bon voyage. <laughs>